Welcome to the Ambitious Leader Podcast, the podcast for you leaders with big ambitions to help you reach more in an easier way. So if you have the feeling that the sweat you put in and the results you get out are not in line, then it's probably a good idea to listen and learn. The host of the show is Dennis Fredericks. And we're ready to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another Ambitious Leader Chat. As you can see, the style of this chat is a little bit different than you're used to. It's not Carolyn and I that are chatting in our sofa. No, this time it's more with a digital setup. And today I have invited Morten, Morten Smedegaard from Denmark, but with a UK company. Hello, Morten. Hello, thank you so much. Hello, welcome. Well, I will give a brief introduction about who you are and why we're talking about. And then I will give you the opportunity to, to add on to it, of course. So to introduce Morten, uh, well, as I already said, Morten is from Denmark, but the founder of a UK-based company, Sm Smedegaard Limited. Uh, I hope I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> um, more or less. Yeah. More or less, indeed. And Morton and I met not so long ago. Uh, and when we were discussing things, then immediately we discovered that we had so much in common that we both had the feeling, well, we have to do something with all this. And we joined forces in the field of IT security. Now, you might think, what has the Happiness Factory to do with IT security? Uh, well, the actual IT part in IT security is only a very small part of it. The other part is what they call social engineering. And that's what we are going to talk about today. And that's also the touching point between Morton and us, the Happiness Factory. Uh, that's social engineering part, more the human side of IT security. And uh, well, in the field of social engineering well it's very clear Morton that you are an absolute expert in it um, but before we really dive into that field of social engineering is there still something else that you think the audience should know about who you are and what you do well first of all I'm pretty much specialist uh, specialized in social engineering um, that is the only way I could get an IT security company because I basically don't know anything about IT security. Um, I've always been uh, I've always been fascinated by by that uh, by that area of the human mind and how people can be uh, can be fooled. So this is basically my niche, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, and that's already our first touching point. Uh, I'm also working, or we at the Happiness Factory are also working in the field of, well, the, the human intelligence and everything that's happening between people. But at the same time, I'm still an engineer from education. And especially in that field of uh, hacking and ethical hacking, uh, I'm very intrigued by that field because I'm that's one of the fields that I absolutely know nothing about. <laughs> and that I, that I really find it's very fascinating to see how those things happen uh, so when we crossed paths that was really a brilliant opportunity to change <laughs> but exactly let's dive into the the social engineering side um, I already mentioned it multiple times now but what is social engineering C could you could you give us an, uh, an example uh, yes definitely well for, first of all uh, 
I normally say that social engineering is uh, the the art of uh, of obtaining information that you're not entitled to. Um, it can be uh, company specific, or it can be um, interpersonal. It can be um, it can be anything from manipulation to outright lying, in order to uh, to get an uh, to get an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and an example, well, yes, there's plenty of examples to uh, to give. Um, I, I think that most people, most listeners as well, have uh, have tried to uh, to be the victim of uh, of phishing emails, for example. Click this link, you want the new iPhone, mm. and uh, and the sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, those emails that normally end up in spam. They are, they are in many ways the uh, the, the standard of uh, of social engineering. Mm-hmm. It is uh, someone pretending to be from Apple, offering you or giving you a, a fantastic uh, opportunity to uh, to get something that you uh, that will make you uh, that will make you um, maybe close your eyes. And, uh, at least that's the uh, that's the intention behind the uh, the phishing emails. Yeah. Yeah. And is it if then, you send it to a million people, there's bound to be someone who will uh, click the link. Yeah, yeah. And is it then some sort of fraud or some sort of stealing? Because you you mention it's uh, obtaining information that is that really doesn't belong to you. So are you stealing that information then? Well, basically, it's always about getting it's, uh, obtaining information that you're not entitled to. That is illegal, I guess. In most sense, in most cases, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that is the, yeah, that is the question of morals, mm-hmm. and uh, and what information you are trying to get. In uh, yeah, in most cases, and definitely in most uh, phishing emails, uh, I would say that it's uh, it's stealing and it's uh, exploiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact of getting that information, or the thing you do afterwards with it because i um, that is also the thing yeah yeah because a few weeks back in belgium there was a big uh, a big thing happening uh, with uh some some well-known flemish guys uh, from television and, and radio music and that kind of things and suddenly um a lot of naked uh, nude pics um ended up on the internet and they told it was stolen from their phone but actually yeah. if you go into the details then it wasn't stolen at, as such, it was more that they were tricked into it by a, a fake profile to share yeah. those nude pics, and then they were misused and distribu- distributed. Um, and yeah, that is also okay. That's also social engineering, and, and it's not uh, mm-hmm. it's not illegal as such. Morally, uh, morally wrong, maybe, but exactly. uh, but it's a gray area. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that's a very interesting one because uh, even with those phishing emails, uh, I think that if someone is asking you for information and you give that information, that yeah. that part can can difficult be seen as as crime because they ask yeah. you something and you give it to them. That is true. But if you are um, but if you are pretending to be someone that you're not, then it starts to be exactly exactly. Yeah. Then it becomes gray, gray hat at best, exactly. um, and that's the that's the beauty of it. The beauty of uh, of social engineering like this is 
finding a solution to to the problem where you don't end up as a criminal mm -hmm. and you still get the information that you want mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly exactly <laughs> it, it it always reminds me if we're talking about uh things and examples like that uh to that to that movie ocean 11 uh yeah I, I always see it like that uh, to to go in and to pretend to to be something and to yeah to talk in a certain way so that people start to believe you and exactly yeah. they do certain things that they otherwise wouldn't do although you never force them to do so or or, or yeah so it's yeah exactly as uh, I've often uh, I've often um, compared it to uh, James Bond. Mm -hmm. Just without the uh, just without the pretty girls and the fat cars. <laughs> that's that's still something we have to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different side of it. Uh, there's a lot of boring talking going into uh, even the small scams like that. Mm -hmm. Gaining access to companies and gaining access to areas of companies where you're not allowed can be done very can be done either very simple uh, by putting on a uh, some sort of polo shirt that resembles a, uh, a technician from whatever company mm -hmm. that has to if you need a printer that needs to be uh, fixed for example mm -hmm. most employees will not know what's wrong with that industrial scale printer and yeah. uh, that can gain you access sometimes the elevator repairman is also good they only come twice a year normally and there's no one stopping an elevator repairman either if you're f if you're first inside then then you're pretty good to go yeah yeah, yeah. But how do you get inside? That's the that's the thing. That's uh, that's often down to the reception mm -hmm. and to the uh, to the physical perimeter defense that the company has. Mm -hmm. Like, do you need an access card? Do they ever differ from their own from their policies? Mm -hmm. Is it possible to get them to look the other way just once if it seems like it's important? Do or do you just have to sound like you uh, are important enough? That's a big thing, and um, that's a big thing, and. I know in Denmark and uh, Scandinavia, in general, CEO fraud is uh, is a big thing every year because we know when people are are on holiday in uh, in the big companies, it's always the same weeks, and uh, those weeks are reserved for uh, senior staff, senior uh, um, yeah senior employee mm -hmm. employees that's been there for many many years. Yeah. and uh, C-level management. So you know so you know that the CEO or CFO is out mm -hmm. on holiday and you know that most likely uh, senior members of uh, the financial department will be out as well. Mm -hmm. That happens every year that someone calls companies pretending to be CEO and CFO, asking to, asking to have uh, invoices paid right away, send the transfer to this and this, and it has to be done now. Yeah. And then it's down to that junior employee, young person to, mm -hmm. to decide whether or not to do it mm -hmm. do you like to be yelled at no they don't yeah every year it happens yeah it's difficult to protect yourself against yes indeed indeed i can imagine um but then i i assume it asks a lot of preparation to um to know who to call or when to call exactly and that kind of things so it's a bit of a in many cases really That's a form of organized crime yeah, it's organized, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that that organized. Mm -hmm. In many cases, it is simply just cold calling, pretending to be someone from sea level management, mm -hmm. and you can get a feeling of uh, whether or not that sounds gullible. Very, very, very yeah, right away. Mm -hmm. You call whether or not you have someone shaky on the line, 
and then it's just a matter of uh, biting the, when they bite the bait then just uh, go for it so it's it's more like the the game of the numbers they yeah they call thousand companies or something and if they have i don't know five that uh that step into it then they're lucky and it's good enough <laughs> yeah um some uh, some some companies where the uh, the chances are pretty high Mm-hmm. Of, uh, of this being the case, so that's Danish companies uh, in Denmark at least. Is Danish companies, uh, family-owned companies, uh, that's, that's pretty big. And uh, yeah, generally, I say companies where there's a lot of uh, a lot of financial uh, income and uh, and expenses as well. As well, there's a lot of transactions going on every day. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's a bigger chance of something like that happening. Yeah, and is it has it also to do with the how many employees a company has? Because I can imagine if you were uh, only a company yeah, of the five, important then... part. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the important, uh, yeah, the important thing is, of course, that uh, that they don't know each other by name, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't sit in the same building. Maybe they don't sit in the same floor. Mm-hmm. Those those imp- those details are important as well, of course. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that just makes it even better for um, for the scammers because then the amounts are that much higher, and you see it every year. And is is that a, some sort of a, a constant thing uh, or some conclusion that we could draw now that it's only a danger for really big companies or can everybody be scammed and fooled? Oh, everyone can be scammed and fooled. Mid-sized companies would be uh, more in danger of uh, something as uh, ransomware. Mm-hmm. That is very, mu- very, uh, very much uh, the thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um which simply locks your computers and encrypts all of the files in the computer until you have paid a certain amount in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they do open up your files again and they do release the computer if the amount is paid. And that is also exactly what you will find out if you search for it, mm-hmm. which is what they know. They know that the, these companies will go to the police, they will go to the IT security companies and they will ask about it, they will search on Google, see what, what, so what do we do, will they pay, will they release the computer afterwards and they do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's honest honest scammers in that regard. <laughs> uh, they want their money and uh, the companies want their files. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's um, it's down to it's down to proper policies and uh, mm-hmm. and guidelines yeah. that is constantly trained and uh, yeah. and renewed especially especially when it comes to onboarding of new employees as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well before we jump to the solutions of the problem um, perhaps let's stay with the problem itself a little bit longer uh, you're talking about that malware thing then well how how do they get in how how gets your system infected is that also true social engineering yeah that is social engineering in this in the sense of uh, of old style, uh, old style virus infection. Mm-hmm. Someone sends a file that they seem interested in, and then they open it. It can be, uh, it can be something uh, as simple as a joke or something that that spikes the interest of people. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one called uh, "I Love You," one of the biggest ones back in the early two thousand. It was a virus as well, an email being sent with the subject "I Love You." Have many people open it? That was not a good idea. <laughs> uh, so that is uh, that is not social engineering as such. It can be, it can easily be, but then it's targeted, and then it's different. Mm, mm-hmm. That you pretend to be someone, or that you pretend in order to, to uh, yeah. in order to to hijack their computers, yeah, yes. and uh, encrypt it. 
Exactly, exactly. And then I can imagine, for example, things like uh, pretending someone from the IT department and that you just exactly. have to, to click on this link to check something or, or things like that. And yeah, I'm... that's a good idea. And that's when uh, that's where the last part of this social engineering thing comes into action. And that is when you pretend to be someone from the company via, via a link, a URL, an email or whatever that looks a little bit like the real one. Or mm -hmm. some t in some cases, a lot like the real one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I if I summarize it up till now, then we could say that social engineering is actually, um, well, pretty easily said, just fooling people to believe in something, but then with a negative effect. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's fooling people generally. Yeah, fooling people with uh, with some sort of outcome in mind. Yeah. Whatever. It's not just uh, hacking for the fun of it. No, no, no. There is there is some expected outcome of data, uh, information, and money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blackmailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you already mentioned it. If you want to protect yourself uh, against it, then in many cases it comes down to uh, well having the right procedures, having the right instructions, knowing what to do and when. So it's not only about the biggest firewall and the best virus scanner and that kind of things. No, no, no. I, I, I want companies to to make this part of their onboarding procedure. Mm -hmm. It is so few companies that has proper social engineering and IT security uh, guidelines as part of their onboarding procedures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is very often something that the colleagues tell them. Mm -hmm pass it on and uh, it is um yeah it's obvious when you when you test it out at companies mm -hmm. and can you then protect yourself against anything with those right procedures and knowing what to do when things happen or are there also you things never. that that people just well if somebody really yeah. wants to to fool you or to scam you then there are certain things that you can absolutely do yeah, and you, you can really. never protect yourself against yeah, you can never you, you can never protect yourself fully mm -hmm. against anything, but you can plan against or you can plan for the event of it happening. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you do in the situation that this happened? Mm -hmm. Who are we going to call? What are we going to do? Yeah, who will be doing what? That is just as important because that's uh, that's half the problem. That is not knowing what to do in the situation. Mm -hmm. What uh, what do we do with the files? Where is the files? Is it backed up? Who has the backups and so on? And how often do they pack it up? All of these things. Yeah, they have to be aware of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And everyone would have to be. It's like a fire drill in many ways. Yeah, exactly. Make the comparison with a fire drill. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that's that's something that, that's clear for many people. If you're in a company or wherever you are, fire could happen. So you have to be prepared for it. Um, but this risk is rather new, I think, all the IT risk and that kind of things. So is it just a fact that people are not yet aware enough of it? I don't think they understand what the potential um, outcome is of, uh, of some of these acts. If they don't act accordingly, if they continue to, uh, to use their computers as, uh, as they did until this breach, just for a little while, you could potentially be sending information around to uh, to uh, colleagues, to um, suppliers, and so on. There could be a, there could be a lot of stuff happening. There needs to be damage control right away when something like this breaks, mm -hmm. and uh, a clear line of command. And then everyone needs to know their their role in this. Mm 
And something else that it makes me think about is the fact that, um, well, during the, the global lockdown, you actually saw the, the real crime numbers going down. But at the same time, yeah. you also saw that the IT crime numbers, the things that were happening through, yeah, through computers and that kind of things, that they went up. So yeah. perhaps if we are talking on a global scale of what is the new normal of work and the new normal of, of dealing with, uh, with viruses and that kind of things, well, then perhaps we sh should also start talking about what's the new normal of dealing with potential cybercrime. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is, uh, it is on the rise these days. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. Okay, okay. Is, is there some, some golden tip that you could give everybody who's now uh, interested in it that if they if they are interested or if they want to protect themselves that they should absolutely do this thing as a first step uh, yeah to constantly be aware and if someone if something seems too good to be true then then it probably is that's always the golden rule isn't it yeah. uh, the problem is that you will often often you wouldn't suspect anything that's the best uh, that's the best scams mm. like this if it if, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, to CEO fraud and uh, and the like when it comes down to that then I think it should be a company policy that you uh, that you have some sort of verification um, sequence going on you have, might might there might be someone else who has to verify as well oh. or um, or there will be a, a line of command that cannot be broken like you cannot suddenly have a CFO calling from a different number or there must be something mm -hmm. that has to be done. Mm -hmm. um, that will not put the individual employee in a, in an awkward position, but uh, something that they have to follow. Yeah. That is uh, that is an important uh, an important extra yeah. extra step to take. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, other than that, that's it's not easy. Mm -hmm. If they want to fool you, they will. <laughs> everyone can be victim of them. Yeah. And if you are talking about those procedures and those guidelines. Um, well, in many companies, there are already so many things to follow up on, so many guidelines, so many rules to follow. So, how how can you make those in, in such a way that it, yeah, that it that it becomes easy to follow and that it doesn't suffer something else? I can imagine, for example, that uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of companies are also uh, very keen on on customer satisfaction, of course. Uh, but then if you compare that customer satisfaction um, against all the procedures and that kind of things and, and, and how hard it is for somebody to get information or something, then then probably you're, you're, yeah, you're playing on two lines that are not really aligned. Yeah, I think it's because, uh, I think it's, because it's never trained. Mm -hmm. It's something you go through once and that's it and then you forget about it and then it seems uh, too complicated. But if, the, if each individual employee or each department at least had their own steps that they would have to take in the case of this then it would be a lot easier especially if it's something that was done once in a while yeah. but it is really something that happens because uh, it's always the other companies that it happens to and uh, when it happens it's too late mm -hmm. it's difficult to uh, it's difficult to see the benefit of doing it other than maybe being more um, yeah it would it would make you feel more more what does we call that one with the uh, with with the company and the softwares that you're using, because people often don't know how they interact anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of this is uh, is down to employee training mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and onboarding. Yeah, I keep I keep on going back to the onboarding 
procedures. It is so important. Something that should be sticking with uh, with employees for the uh, yeah for the entire. Uh, if you if you say it like that, then um, especially in those new in this new era, um, well, there are a lot of people working remotely, and um, if you if you were onboarded, let's say a couple of months ago or last year, then probably you would come to an office um, where you were surrounded with more senior people who could help you through and who could supervise you a little bit um, about well how you're doing your job, how you're interacting with your customers, with your suppliers, that kind of things. Um, so now that everybody's working remotely, perhaps the risk is even even bigger because that supervision is not there anymore or not constantly there anymore. Exactly. The risk is uh, the risk is definitely bigger when it's uh, when uh, yeah when there's a lot of remote work. That is also why companies would have to uh, implement uh, extra lines of defense, such as uh, as limiting um, limiting the um, uh, the allowed uh, actions for employees on their computers, mm -hmm. VPNs, and uh, locking it down to a bare minimum of uh, software. Mm -hmm. All of this to limit uh, the potential of installing something that should not be installed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the same time, it needs to be it needs to be be still workable. Um, exactly. I, I remember a company where they uh, were were so afraid of a potential intrusion that they cut off all USB ports. Uh, but then if somebody wanted to, to use an extra keyboard, for example, then he couldn't do so and he had to go to the IT department to ask for a request to open a, a USB port specifically for that keyboard. Yeah, I think that's also not a good way of approaching it. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's also too much. I like the, um, I like the idea of, um, of locking, it, locking it down so it's uh, functional for the, for the tasks that you will be uh, mm -hmm. and that's something that has to do with the procedures and uh, and inter yeah, and internal uh, internal guidelines as well. and, uh, and as far as you uh, as, as long as you can uh, can complete your job completely you know to all extents of uh, of what is expected then uh, then you are one step one step closer at least mm -hmm. then it's down to then it's down to to guidelines the last part of training Mm -hmm. what you should open what you shouldn't open yeah yeah and uh, and even more importantly if you are in doubt what do you do who mm -hmm. do you contact mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who do you call and uh, yeah and not not something like sending an email to someone and then wait three four days it has to be a lot more yeah yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's where again we are talking about leadership of course because it yeah. needs to come from the leaders of the company to to initiate those procedures to set up those procedures to keep the attention and the focus on the training and the constant application of it um and that's well one of the biggest touching points that we that we had and that we discovered of course uh that that's well we're talking about it security but at the same time yeah. it's a responsibility of every leader in the company it's not exactly. only the the responsibility of the it department exactly not at all it's uh, it's a leadership um, task to make sure that this is taken care of and it's also down to the leaders and to the to the management to um, to make sure that there is no um, fear of making mistakes don't have you know, it's not good to be a, to be afraid of your of your superiors if that means that you will always do as they say 
because mm. what if it's not them one day that is something that has to be trained and that is something that comes from top absolutely absolutely um, that it's okay to um, to question yes indeed something indeed. like this i can i have an, an example from the hotel i worked at there was a uh, there was a social engineering attack happening at the hotel it was actually a five star hotel um so really fancy and um, really beautiful and one day there was a uh, a moving a moving van a moving uh, truck that parked in front of the hotel and four guys jumps out in full uniform from this uh, from this moving uh, company mm-hmm. and there they walk into the reception and three of them walks up to the lobby area and the fourth one goes to the reception and, and in the uh, in the reception saying that they had to uh, they were there to pick up the uh, the leather furniture yeah. they had to be it had to be cleaned up or something yeah, never yeah. mind yeah. so they were going to take them and uh, and they were already doing it at that point the three guys were already starting to to carry them out yeah. and and the fourth guy he just uh, very kindly asked if the uh, receptionist were going to help him or not because they didn't have all day <laughs> and of course he did he had to, at that point he had two options that the receptionist he either had to stop them all of them from what they were doing double check call someone meanwhile they're blocking the uh, the parking space in front of the hotel is it him who's missing missing something has he forgotten something yeah. or is it or is it not true? yeah see that was the that was the thing and then when they add the uh, add the the last call to action of some sort now he has to decide and yes they, he helped as well i see and then they carried out the furniture and then off they went that's a classic example it's really good I, I love those stories. <laughs> yeah, <that's all> right. <laughs> I, I don't want to be part of it, <laughs> and especially not when it's happening to you. <laughs> but exactly. <laughs> but I, I really love the idea, and I think it needs a lot of, of yeah of real guts to to be that bold to just step in and do it. But at the same time, if it if it works, then great, of course. It's I think it's a, it's a matter of trying it once or twice. Mm-hmm. something in, on the smaller scale then you're able to put yourself in that uh, in that situation mm-hmm. and say these people coming in there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of movement there's a lot of uh, momentum mm-hmm. and there is a call to action i don't know you have to decide right now is it you who fucked up or is it something that uh, mm-hmm. that should be checked yeah, yeah, yeah. it's most likely correct that's it and so it seems very unlikely yeah. yeah in broad daylight that they come to pick up furniture to drive it away to uh, sell it <laughs> <laughs> and where did they get the moving van from? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all the case. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that was uh, that's a good uh, example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, indeed, it, it's as you mentioned before, it's all and about the, an open culture, about a feedback exactly. culture, about being able to speak to each other, about giving each other the right information. And yeah. unfortunately, that still is in many companies a big issue. Yeah, it is definitely yeah. uh, line of command. And um, yeah, and the fear of uh, fear of seeming is like you um, like you don't know how to make your own decisions, and you also fear that you fear that you seem uh, that, that you're not um, seen as a fool or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. very important. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right, all right. Well, I think we have a, a first idea now of uh, the dangers of social engineering. Well, at least what social engineering is, what the potential danger of those things could be. So it's not only about IT or IT security, because the, the example you gave uh, around the furniture, uh, well, it, it's, it can also happen on, on other 
elements. Um, but the most important conclusion I think we can draw out this conversation is the fact that, well, just your organization needs to be prepared and especially your organization needs to function in a good way and needs to work in a good way. So the line of command needs to be clear, uh, an open mm -hmm. culture, uh, good procedures, good ways of communication. And then, of course, making sure that all those things are aligned to keep it safe yeah. and at the same time still deliver the, the best possible value to, to your customers. Definitely. Okay, perfect. Well, and that's the thing that we are working on. Um, so from different angles, we make we combine yeah. it now to, to bring to the same point. So that's that's great. Exactly. That's great. Well, yes. Morton, I will uh, I will thank you now for the conversation, for having the conversation here with me. And thank hopefully you. we inspired a lot of people to think about these potential risks. And if you are, as an audience or as a listener, if you're interested in this and you want to know more or even you want to, uh, yeah, want to, to be tested in some way uh, to see where your vulnerabilities are and how you can be fooled well then just reach out and we will be more than happy to help you with that thank you so much <laughs> you're welcome thank you bye This podcast is made with royalty-free music of bensound.com.